Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You're listening to The Danny Parkin Show. All right, welcome back in to The Danny Parkin Show. We'll get back to your calls in just a little bit. We're coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studio. Rocket Mortgage is with you every step of the way to provide a seamless mortgage experience. Joining me now, senior NFL writer from Yahoo Sports. He is a Pro Football Hall of Fame voter. You need to be reading his columns, following him on Snapchat, Instagram. Uh, The guy puts out content everywhere, and he holds it down at the Yahoo NFL podcast with Charles Robinson. It is, of course, my man, Therese Paler, back on CBS Sports Radio. Therese, how's it going, buddy? Hey, what's going on, Danny? How you doing? I'm good, man. Um, I will start the conversation with you how I started the show tonight. Mm -hmm. What the hell is going on with Antonio Brown? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, it's a, it's a, if you're a Raider fan, like, this is a nightmare. I don't care, like, how many different ways you try to spin it. Like, it's a helmet. Put the helmet on. Like, I, you know, like, I, I guess guys get attached to their helmet. People around the league are smirking at this, you know? Um, on the field, you watch the tape. Like last year, Antonio Brown is worth the first round pick because he's always open, and the the Steelers gave him up for a third and a fifth. So that probably tells you something. Like they were just finished, <laughs> they were just done. And I didn't think that they would start having problems like this this early. Um, so I think Mike Mayock is someone who really doesn't suffer fools like that. Even though he made this trade, to what he said today, like I mean, this is like a hey. You know, let's go. Like this is a, it's a, it's a line, it's a line in the sand moment for the Raiders, and I think it's going to be very interesting to see what happens. So let me be honest with you. You know, I, I, I've got my theories. Um, yeah. I, I find this so absurd that it yeah. almost, it almost makes me uncomfortable because I, yeah. I want to say like Antonio Brown's crazy, but then I'm like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Football actually can make people crazy. Like there's there's no way he gives up thirty million after fighting for those new guarantees over a helmet unless something's actually wrong. Like is is there have you talked to anyone that has any logical explanation for what's going on right now? I know what you're hinting at. Um and that is something that I think people kinda like privately wonder, you know. Um like, no one's going to put their name to that, you know. But, you know, it's certainly something where you're just like, what's going on with this guy? Like, this is weird. Everything about it has been weird. Um, and, look, it, it's a it's a discussion point. Like, you see it on Twitter. Like, people are, like, quietly talking about it. Um, I don't know. I'm not really here to confirm that because I don't know it. And I'm not here to rule anything out. I don't know what's going on with him. But I, I do know that if the – pattern of behavior like this continues, it's going to damage that football team because no one has time for this. this. This actively gets in the way of everything it takes to win in a league that's this competitive. Yeah, and it just it doesn't seem like like the Raiders could 
he'd say, hey, you're in breach of contract, and they would win their grievance. So it seems to me like either Antonio Brown plays in a new helmet or he forfeits $30 million. Right? There's no, there's no, there's no door number three here. Pretty much, man. I, I think you, I think you got that right on the, right on the head. So you know, I think it'll be interesting to see what happens with this situation because, you know, patience is clearly running low. And you know what? It should be. Like, yes, they're trying to, they're trying to win ball games here. And instead, we instead of talking about how Derek Carr looks with Tyrell Williams, you know, or Dan, Antonio Brown, we're talking about a helmet, and it's been a thing. It's a distraction. Like, this is getting old, and it's not a coincidence Mayock said it. This, did, said that today. Because, like, pretty soon like, these games are going to start mattering, and no one's going to have time to be wondering about stuff like this. Therese Paler, terrific NFL reporter and columnist for Yahoo Sports with us on the Danny Parkins Show, CBS Sports Radio. Um, another big picture thing. I, I look at all of the box scores from all of these preseason games, and I marvel at the differences in how NFL coaches are approaching this. Sean McVay, once again, no starters in the preseason. He did it last year. The Rams go to the Super Bowl. Matt Nagy, basically not playing any starters, either side of the ball, any snaps in the preseason. And then you've got smart coaches. You've got Andy Reid playing Pat Mahomes. you got Dan Quinn in Atlanta letting... Matt Ryan take five hits and sacked three times playing late into the second quarter in his 12th year in the damn league. Like I, 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 I you I know me. tell you're disgusted. So disgust. Disgusted. <laughs> you can't even hide it. Therese, <laughs> it's malpractice to play these guys. Like, and, and Belichick does it. So, so what? But we know we're going in a direction of less preseason, and we know that health matters. What the hell are these coaches doing, risking veteran know. players in the preseason? I don't see, get it. See, Danny, like back in the day, like we look, me and Danny kind of came up in the business together a little bit in Kansas City, and you know, like I'm kind of old school and stuff, you know. Yes, but I'm also I'm also a little bit more advanced and evolved than you think. If I were an NFL head coach, my starters would not play. I'm a guy, like, I would love for them to figure out a way to just do, like, joint practices and eliminate preseason games altogether. Because think of, like, how awesome, like, college football's opening weekend is. It's the first glimpse of these teams you really get. And it's great. It's just glorious. I would love to see the NFL kind of, like, do the same thing. I know that's complicated. Like, this tape helps guys, helps, like, scouting departments fill out their practice score. I get all that. Well, and these games make money. Like, these games make money. And these games make money. But maybe they could charge even more if you just eliminated these garbage games anyway. But look, that's not what you asked. Look, if I if I were NFL head coach, my starters would not play. Like Patrick Mahomes doesn't need more work in my opinion. You know, like some like Matt Ryan doesn't need more work. You know, you can you can work on these things and practice in a red jersey. But it's so isn't it interesting that we are so far apart on this like this is a copycat league and you I guarantee you we will have old school coaches playing starters into the second half of the third preseason game and we will have new school coaches playing them zero snaps that's crazy man gotta get ready for the season I don't know what you want me to say to that um (laughs) no listen listen I I don't look. It's a sixteen-game season. I don't think these guys really need to work like that. It, I prom, I bet you, like in ten years, like nobody's playing meaningful starters in these games. Like this is the type of stuff that just takes like a while for everyone to realize. Oh, that kind of makes sense. Oh, you know that 
maybe that's what we should be doing. Like, I just, you know, McVay's, McVay's ahead of the curve on that. And I think in 10 years, like, no one would be playing guys that matter, really. If I was a Falcons fan, I would have rioted after that game against the Jets. It, it was malpa- malpractice. Um, <laughs> so we're talking to Therese Paler of You're Yahoo so Sports. Oh, it's infuriating. <laughs> it's so illogical. It pisses me off. Uh, so you've been at 12 training camps now, or you're in Buffalo for your 12th. What's the most interesting thing you've seen or heard? Oh, man. That's the great thing about these tours. There's so much. Um, well, Lamar Jackson and then, like, I had someone mention the triple option to me um, in, in, Buff- in Baltimore's scheme. Like, they're really going to get creative with how they run the football. Another really good tidbit. Like I, I think, I think Rogers and Lafleur, like that could go south if they lose and stuff, because Rogers is pretty um, hard headed, but or at least headstrong is probably a better, you know. And if things could start going the wrong way, he'll see it on him to fix it. But I think early on, those guys are good. Like they've had scots together. Like they've hung out. Like, I think those guys are okay. Um, one of the one of the best things about getting up to Green Bay was just seeing the difference of personalities. Like Lafleur is kind of like an easygoing guy. I think he's a little pliable, and I think when you got like a quarterback that knows what he wants to do and is this accomplished, I don't think that's a bad thing, especially the first year. Um, I feel really good about where the Packers are headed, um, and I think this year, like, there's no way they go six nine and one again. And this is Aaron freaking Rodgers. I, I think, you know. I think they're 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 positioned pretty good to at least compete for the division, um, and and probably make the playoffs. Yeah, I have that as my most interesting story in the NFL. I know we've yeah. talked about that. I you just were on think, point about that. Yeah, yeah. I I just think it's fascinating. Like Rodgers could have five plus years left of elite level quarterbacking, and they turned it over to a guy who's never been a head coach before. That's just it's such a bold swing that I feel like the the range of outcomes is very, very wide. Yeah, yeah, and I think um, I think it's going to be fascinating kind of to see what happens with that division because, I mean, three teams can win it, really, you know? Uh, the, the Bears, the, Vi- the Vikings, and the Packers are all kind of in the mix, so they're going to beat each other up. You know, I, I think that one's going to come down a little bit to luck because all three could easily win it. He's Therese Paler from Yahoo Sports at Therese Paler on Twitter. I, I retweeted your Lamar Jackson Baltimore Ravens column. I thought it was really interesting because they're talking big over there. And I know this is a guy that fantasy people care, carry a lot about. But in your article, there was a comp from Lamar Jackson to Pat Mahomes. It, oh. did, did, did I read that right? Like, like what, what is the ceiling of that guy in your mind? Um. So let's be clear about that. Uh, it wasn't that, from you. Yeah, okay. Because <laughs> I like Lamar. Like, he was my oldest quarterback a couple years ago. But, like, Pat and him are, like, different, man. Like, it, you know, Lamar's way more dynamic with his feet. But Patrick can do, like, a little bit of everything. And that's special. Um, that's just more, like, in their ability. Like, Willie Sneed brought that up, like, as an example of the way they think that they believe Lamar can like change the game as like a complete player. And I'm glad that they have that type of confidence in the player. Like good for them to having that type of confidence in the teammate. And I'll also say this. Um, you know, sometimes you go to these places and guys kind of offer a little tepid kind of endorsements of teammates or players that they're coaching, but you don't get that here with this guy. They um 
they really they really believe in Lamar Jackson here, man, and uh, in Baltimore, and they're really excited to see what he can do there. Um, he's really well liked by his teammates. Um, you know, I, I think people there have completely bought into Lamar, and they they're not even really stopping themselves short of like big platitudes and stuff, which is typically like a pretty good sign. Yeah, it's a it's a great sign, and he's another guy that I think has a wide range of outcomes. Um, did you go to Indy? Was that one of your camp stops? It was. So that's another team that I think is just unbelievably well run, but now has this Andrew Luck thing that wrenches their whole season potentially. Do you like them this year? I like them if Luck is healthy. I think uh, Chris Ballard is one of the, <laughs> one of the best GMs in football already, and uh, I think if I think if Luck plays thirteen games, like they make the playoffs again, they win the division. Um, you know, they should. I mean, they as far as went they went last year to like the divisional round without like a stud defensive lineman that people knew about. Um, Danico Autry is actually going to have another big season, but I do I do like the Colts of Luck is healthy. If, if obviously if he's not, I don't think it's going to be a repeat of 2017. You know, Jacoby Brissett's going to be better than he was then, and I think it's an eight and eighteen. You know, so I, I think you know even the worst case scenario is not horrible. It's like a seven and nine, eight and eighteen. But for them to obviously reach their potential, they need Andrew Luck, and you know whether or not he's going to be healthy, I, I really don't know. I don't know. I think that division's a little more interesting than maybe we thought it would be, um, especially if the Jaguars get off to a good start, right? I think Nick Foles changes that team because they just clear, very clearly gave up on Blake Portals. <laughs> I think they broke, you know, I think that team just kind of yeah. fell off after that Chiefs game last year. So, yeah, I think it, I think it's going to be an interesting division if, uh, if Andrew's not healthy. Therese, I, I want to ask you something that I've asked any smart football person I've come across this training camp, including Matt Nagy, when I had him on my oh, show in, in Chicago. Yeah. And here's the question. Um, last year, we saw a record number of RPOs. We, yeah. saw the, uh, we saw more offenses run a higher percentage of plays out of the shotgun. Um, yeah. We saw teams go for two a little bit more, go for it on fourth down a little bit more. I'm curious what you think is next. Like, like where we know that offensive football, we're in the midst of a revolution of like the spread into the league, RPOs looking more mm-hmm. like college, that sort of thing, largely because of the rules, talent, a whole bunch of factors. What do you think is considered radical now that t- five, 10 years from now will be commonplace? I, I actually do believe like, when you like look at the numbers, like just going for it on fourth down, like teams are going to do that just more, and they're not going to be so scared about momentum and all that stuff. You know, like I, if you when you look at the numbers, it kind of just makes sense to just go for it, especially if you're throwing four times. Um, and that's actually another thing, like throw the ball on first down. You know, like I, I think teams are throwing the ball more than ever, but I, 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 I kind of wonder if we're ever going to get to a point where a teams just basically default as they go for it on fourth down and B they just treat it like arena football. Like we're going to throw like every down. Um, and if we don't throw, it's going to be like a draw play, you know, just completely maximize the passing game. Um, as long as the rules are the way they are, I think that'd be kind of interesting. 
I do too. And what's fascinating about it is that Andy Reid is leading this offensive revolution and he got run out of Philly because people were mad that he was throwing the ball too much. And he wasn't. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like it's, he was so clearly right and ahead of the time in Philly. And now everyone's copying Andy Reid and throwing instead of running. The the only thing I'll say, because you, like it, you're looking for the inefficiency. So remember how like Moneyball was about finding like on base percentage and like people just associated that with Moneyball. That like that's not Moneyball, but the Moneyball is the inefficiency and exploiting it before everyone else can figure it out. Yep. And the one organization we know like is just adept at this is New England. And I was at all the playoff games um, after the NFC after the AFC champion. I was at the championship game and Super Bowl. And, like, dude, they were running the ball. And, in a way, that was kind of the inefficiency in January for them. Um, Throwing to the running back, that's the inefficiency you can kind of exploit. Um, That's, like, the only thing that kind of just makes me a little – because I don't know – like, what happens when all these defenses start adjusting and, like, their base is nickel and it's two linebackers, three corners? Well, if you have an 11th player on offense – that's a dynamic run thread, or he can run, um, or he can run block and catch, um, and they have to account for it. That kind of changes the advantage. It's about finding the advantage. So I think teams are going to keep trying to look for that in special players that can do more. Because the more uh, this is obvious, but the more special players you have that can do a lot of things, the more difficult it is to match up, and the more unpredictable it makes you. Listen to this man's podcast with Charles Robinson. It's the Yahoo NFL podcast. He is at Therese Paler on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat. Find him. Read his columns. Give this man a click. He deserves it. Therese Paler from Yahoo Sports. Thanks, buddy. All right. Appreciate it, man. That's Therese Paler coming up next. Are you mad at your NFL coach and how they're handling the preseason? We'll discuss on the Danny Parkin Show, CBS <laughs> Sports Radio. You're listening to the Danny Parkin Show. Thanks to Therese Paler for spending time with the show. 35 minutes from now, it's our investment hour. We're talking gambling and fantasy football. I should let you know college football season is around the corner. And tomorrow night at 7 Eastern, 4 Pacific, join CBS Sports Network's team of experts as they tackle the hottest topics on the gridiron. It's inside college football on the 24-hour home of CBS Sports. I can't come up with a good explanation for what Antonio Brown is doing or why he's doing it. And I really can't come up with an explanation as to why the vast majority of NFL coaches are being reckless with players who don't need the preseason. Playing players who matter in games that don't is coaching negligence. We've seen that you can be successful not playing guys in the preseason. The Bears won 12 games last year, barely playing anyone. The Rams went to the Super Bowl last year playing no starters. And both of those teams are doing it even more so this year. So why are teams playing Kirk Cousins, Dak Prescott, Darius Leonard, TJ Watt, Marlon Mack, Pat Mahomes, Matt Ryan, Marcus Mariota? It makes no sense. 855-212-4CBS is the number. Drew is in Charlotte, North Carolina. Drew wants to talk NFL preseason. What's up, man? Hey, man. Yeah, I, I appreciate you uh, clarifying the argument a little bit there. That is that is so true. Like, 
especially with players like Watt, you know, people who have had injury history, Mariota, a quarterback, that's insane. I agree completely there. That's, those guys should not see the field until week one. They should not be taking hits until week one. However, oh, there's been a, I've been hearing lots of talk about cutting the preseason in half to two weeks. I don't think that's necessarily a good idea because in my lifetime I've seen two Hall of Fame quarterbacks come out of being able to develop in the preseason. Those guys' names are Philip Rivers and Aaron Rodgers. Rivers developed, built confidence, balled out in the preseason behind Drew Brees, and then the Chargers knew what they had, and they traded Brees. And the same thing with Rodgers. Rodgers developed, built confidence, built up that chip on his shoulder, by having to play three weeks in the preseason and fall out and go crazy and then have to watch Favre play. But Drew, but Drew, are you under the belief that Phillip Rivers and Aaron Rodgers would not be who they were today if it were not for the preseason? I think it certainly helped them. It it helped those players, yes. I think it I think it it was a important part of their development as players, yes. I think that they would the great players like that would have become great regardless of playing in meaningless games. And listen, I I appreciate what you're saying and those examples. I genuinely do. So thank you for the call. Like we would lose something if we eliminate the preseason. Every year there's a undrafted free agent who makes a roster and he can point to the preseason. There's the guy on Cleveland who lied his way into a tryout with the team and he had been homeless and then he gets the kickoff return for the touchdown. So if eventually the NFL goes the way of college football and eliminates preseason altogether, it will be tougher for those rags to riches stories to get a spotlight shown upon them. It won't be impossible because there will still be OTAs, mini camps, training camps, joint practices, and coaches are going to still have to scout their teams and build up their rosters and develop their practice squad and all of that. So people make it seem like those guys will never make teams anymore. They'll still make teams. You and I just won't watch them make the team. And I personally am willing to trade that. Like if that's a cost for more teams being fully healthy come week one, That, to me, as a football fan and consumer, is a no-brainer. To your point about Rivers and Rodgers, if the Chargers couldn't see what they had in Phillip Rivers from practice, then they don't deserve Phillip Rivers. Same thing with the Packers in Green Bay. Packers drafted Aaron Rodgers in the first round. They knew that he was a talent. They just had a Hall of Famer in front of him. He didn't play for three years anyway, even with the preseason. So... Those guys were going to get their shots regardless because they're great talents. The preseason is not the only way for a great Hall of Fame caliber talent like Rodgers or Rivers to make their way in. You're right. It will be tougher. I compare it to the uh, one-and-done rule in college. NBA teams loved the one-and-done rule because they kept drafting guys out of high school who would get them fired. And they were like, well, we can't scout a 17- or an 18-year-old. Okay. And scout better. Like that's not on the player because you thought they were going to be awesome. And so you drafted them with the sixth overall pick. That's on you. If a team has 
a, a stud in camp. There's no preseason games. They don't know that he's a stud. They cut him, signs on with another team, and then he goes and he beats you a couple times a year because he signs on in the, in the division. That's not on the player. That's on the team for not evaluating them in practice. So a lot of these rules are in place to protect the teams from themselves because that's just, quote-unquote, how it's always been done. I'm not interested in how things have always been done. I'm interested in how things should be. There should be less preseason, but until there is, don't play guys who matter in these meaningless games right now. You're listening to the Danny Parkin Show. It is the Danny Parkin Show, CBS Sports Radio, radio radio.com sports. An hour and investment talk coming up in 20 minutes. But for now, CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line is 855-212-4227. It's brought to you by Geico. Great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. we got two big stories. One, Mike Mayock said Antonio Brown either needs to be all in or all out with the Raiders, and there's no great explanation as to why this is still happening, given that He got his money, he got his new team, he lost his grievance, and the Raiders supported him with his grievance over the helmet, and they supported him with freezing his feet in a cryo chamber. So why are you still not there? When there's no explanation, I look to other stuff, and I'm wondering if football is doing something to Antonio Brown, because even by his standards, this is irrational behavior, behavior, and there's no good explanation for it. I assume sanity will prevail and Antonio Brown will report to camp this week and he will play and this will just be a largely weird footnote in an otherwise great Hall of Fame career. But Mike Mayock doesn't speak the way he did today if he's not concerned that his Hall of Fame wide receiver isn't showing up. And then secondly, week two of the preseason is in the books and I am blown away by how risky coaches are approaching it. It just makes no sense to play play, to play players who, if they got hurt, your season would be over. Your upside is so minimal and unquantifiable reps, rust, that sort of stuff. When the downside of a blown Achilles injury is two losses over the course of a season. Matt Ryan, a 12-year veteran, does not need to be taking five hits and sacked three times playing into the second quarter against the Jets. Darius Leonard, TJ Watt, Marcus Mariota, Kirk Cousins, Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott, Pat Mahomes, the league MVP. It's just crazy to me. We know we're going in the direction of less preseason. We've seen coaches be wildly successful not playing their starters. The Rams played no starters last year, went all the way to the Super Bowl. Why are coaches still taking such unnecessary risk with star players? 855-212-4227 is the number. Let's go to Wisconsin and welcome Bart to CBS Sports Radio. What's up, Bart? Well, I just wanted to go back to uh, your Antonio Brown question. And I think that there is a plausible, logical explanation for his uh, the stand that he's uh, taking here. He's, he's, he's going to play football again. He's going to get paid well to do it. It doesn't necessarily have to be on this contract with this team or this month, but he does want it to be under the conditions where he's confident he can perform to the level that he has before. And one of those issues is a field of vision. And the old helmet offered that, and the new ones don't. 
and it certainly would make sense to me that uh, it would be uh, that you could find a manufacturer uh, who could be well incentivized to do a, uh, a minor redesign of the helmet so that the field of vision that uh, Brown has been used to would be available and so the requirements could be met. Yeah, and listen, I think what you're saying, Bart, makes all the sense in the world, but we're already past that point, right? Like, this is collectively bargained between the union and the league for player safety. Like For his particular helmet, his old one, yes, it's been decided that that one does not meet the standards. So what's needed then is a manufacturer, and there'll certainly be a financial incentive to do it, manufacturer to do a, a, a modified design that would produce a helmet which would meet the standards. That there's, there was something about this old one that didn't, but I, I don't think that it necessarily is, is, is tied to the field of vision. It seems pretty likely to me that a manufacturer, given the incentive, would uh, could design something that would, that would meet the, the field of vision requirement that uh, Antonio has been used to, and uh, cover and and take care of whatever shortcoming the, the league yes. had for for, for uh, uh, not accepting the old helmet. Yeah, Bart, that would be that is a rational idea, and I appreciate the telephone call, and I just don't see it happening. I they're not going to make a special exception for Antonio Brown on something that's collectively bargained. Normally, I'd be with you, but Antonio Brown's union wasn't with him when he filed this grievance. Tom Brady doesn't like the new helmet, but he's complying with it. Tom Brady, the player with more power than any player in the league by far. There was a grace period to change over helmets. That grace period expired. Every player in the NFL is wearing the new helmets. Antonio Brown just has to buck up and shut up. Like, I hear what you're saying. They could probably make a helmet that Antonio Brown enjoyed that was also up to code. They probably could. But then they'd have to make the exception for the next guy and the next guy and the next guy. There's got to be some standardization when it comes to this stuff. And I'm not like a rigid by the rule guy. Like, I think that uh, that the whole story about NFL cleats a year or two ago when players wanted to wear their own individual causes on their cleats and the NFL was pushing back against it and saying that it went against the uniform policy. I was with the players on that one because it's, it's riding on a shoe, but, but a helmet in a league that is and has gotten sued by its players. They can't be making exceptions for individual guys. When the reason that the helmet has changed is for safety. Your idea makes sense in a utopic world. Oh, just build them a new helmet. That's a union. There's got to be standardization when it comes to safety. And that's not even me being with the league. The players' union agrees. If Tom Brady's changing his helmet, Antonio Brown's going to have to also. That's just how it works. In California, Austin is on CBS Sports Radio. What's up, Austin? Thanks for calling. Yeah. Austin, you there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can, can you hear me, brother? Yeah, go ahead. Austin is gone. Thank you for holding. Let's go to Alabama. Brian is on CBS Sports Radio. Brian, hey, thanks for Dan calling. Parkins, thanks for taking my call. Great radio show. Thanks, man. I'm trying. You know, I uh, 
I'm kind of curious. You're talking as though a lot of players don't want to practice in preseason games, and I go a long way back. I'm Lawrence Taylor, 56. Every year the kids practiced through college, through high school, through college, through the pros, and that was their routine. And now you mix in with it this new helmet. Maybe they want to practice with the new helmet. I mean, have you by chance been talking with any of the players and the players saying, you know, I think this is nuts that we're practicing in the preseason games. We don't want to play. I mean, I've not read Man, that there, there, there are There are dozens of stories. If you just Google don't need preseason – Julio Jones says he doesn't need preseason. Le'Veon Bell says he doesn't need preseason. Carson Wentz, okay if he doesn't play in the preseason. Like It's just one after the next, after the next, after the next. Of course, pl- players do not want to play in games where they're not getting paid their weekly rate and they're risking injury in games that don't count. Of course, players don't want to play in the preseason. I, I really, I thought I'd been paying attention. I didn't know that you really brought something to light. And, and I appreciate that, as a matter of fact. I Listen, I, I appreciate you listening and calling. But, yeah, players get paid during the regular season. Most people don't know this, and that's totally fine. NFL players don't get paid like you and me. They don't get paid monthly or every two weeks. Their check, they get it 17 weeks. So if you see a player is making $10 million bucks, $10 million divided by 17, that's what they get paid. And then they get paid a per game bonus in the postseason, And then they get a stipend in preseason and OTAs training camps to cover like per diems and travel. If they don't live, you know, that sort of thing. But NFL players loathe the preseason. Now they don't want the regular season to go to 18 games if they don't get more money that goes with it and other compensation across the board, like fewer preseason games, other things like that. But yeah, players don't want to be playing in these games that don't matter. My thing is everyone should be in agreement with them. Coaches shouldn't want their players to play, but coaches are creatures of habit. And because it's always been done, You play a couple of series in the first game, a quarter or two in the second game, into the third quarter in uh, the third game, and then you rest them in the fourth preseason game. Because it's how it's always been done, a lot of coaches are hesitant to change. But the younger coaches, Matt Nagy, Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay, etc., those guys are like, screw conventional wisdom. I want my players healthy. Rookies, veterans, whomever. If you matter to the team's success in a material way, you don't play. Matt Nagy didn't play 26 players in their last preseason game against the Giants, and he announced it before the game. Jay in Alaska. Thanks for calling, man. You're on CBS Sports Radio. Hey, how you doing, man? I couldn't agree with you more on the player safety thing and, and not starting especially veterans. Here's what I propose, and I, I think if you just bear with me, I think this would be a win-win for everybody around. Coaches want to evaluate. Co- uh, owners want to make money. The NFL wants to get more games. The players that are on the roster want to get playing time. I think the best proposal is get rid of two of the preseason games, make the last two count, 
but you have a hard and fast rule that you're starting 33. So your starting offense, your starting defense, your starting special teams cannot play in those first two preseason games. You put in all of your backup players in a real game scenario, so they're playing for a game that counts. There, you get a chance to see those guys in live action in a game that actually matters, not a, a game against guys who don't, they don't even know if he's going to make the roster next week. And you can only play rookies or backups, and you let these guys, and if you don't think these guys will ball out to try to make sure that they get a chance to move up in that roster. It's, it's so you, you want to play, play backups in regular season games? Just for the first two games. Yeah. To replace the, preseason. I t- it's a teaser for people who are going to watch preseason games anyway, and then you start your regular season in September like traditional. But, but all the why? People who like, are going to tune in because it gives you a chance as a coach to evaluate these guys who are backups and see if there's guys who can step up. Why and can't they evaluate it, them in practice? Because it's not the same. A game. I, I've been a coach for ten years. It, it, kids play different in a game versus the practice. You know that. Everybody yeah, I, knows that. Of course, and Jay, Jay and, and I, appre- the NFL, I appre- the NFL wants to make money. They want to add more games, so this is a compromise. That's I, listen. I appreciate the call and thinking outside the box. You know, you're a regular listener and caller. We appreciate that on this show. But week one matters just like week seventeen. If they extend to eighteen regular season games, the players are going to play. They're just going to have their paychecks go up by one eighth, right? You go from sixteen to eighteen. You're just going to get a raise. We're all going to get some money coming up. It's an investment hour. Joe Strowski, sports gambling expert. You maybe don't know him. You should. He's going to help us make some money this football season. Coming up next, CBS Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 